listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to deal with this this, uh, thought process about when you have a purpose, when you have a call on your life, you've got to attack that thing. You've got to go after it with everything you've got and don't delay. Um, let, let me just say this as we begin this teaching today. Of course, we're talking about the, uh, the number one, um, if you want to call it a mistake, it's a mistake we make. The enemy wants us to make it. So he'll try to deceive us with thoughts and, and imaginations so that we make uh, this mistake. But ultimately, we're the ones that have the decision. The devil can't stop us if we do what God's called us to do. And so it's not that the devil can take you out. He doesn't have the authority to do that, but he can try to deceive you into making the wrong decisions. And so I want to deal with this today, how to avoid this mistake that cancels or sabotages your purpose, your calling, and you miss out on your blessings. So by the end of this teaching, you should have the faith to say, you know what? Not only am I not going to make the mistake, I'm going to, I'm going to walk in my purpose calling and have everything God said is mine in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Good morning from Ruston. So when the Holy Spirit was sent to the church, right? Day of Pentecost, um, he empowered us. That's one of the, that's, I would say that's the main reason the Holy Spirit came. Jesus said it. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But if you go to John chapter 16, Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit and what uh, he will do when he comes. And in John 16, 12 and 13, Jesus says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Look at verse 13. But when the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Ghost, he will guide you into all, all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Let me, let me just focus on that for a minute. That's John 16, 13. For those that are taking notes, putting it in the comments. And once again, please, please, if you ever did it this week or any other time, this is a day I want you to share this because I want to see this issue eradicated as much as possible from the body of Christ. I want to see people walking in blessing. I want to see people fulfilling their purpose and calling and not missing out. I want us to be able to get to the end of our lives if Jesus tarries and say, I have run my race, I've finished my course. I've run my race, I've finished my course. Amen. So John 16, 13, look at that. When the spirit of truth comes, and he's already come, he's not going to come. Day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, he came. Love you, Caitlin. He came. He won't speak on his own authority. He'll lead and guide you into all truth. Whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will declare to you, what? Things to come. So please get this in your spirit as you're turning to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Understand this. 
The Holy Spirit was not just sent to us to give us knowledge of what's already been written, although that is one thing he does. He will enlighten our minds. He'll give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, like Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Uh, the eyes of our understanding, being enlightened. The Holy Spirit does that. We can't do it on our own. But notice what Jesus said in John. He will declare to you things to come. That means that things that haven't, haven't even happened yet, the Holy Spirit will show us. He'll guide us. He'll lead us into all truth. Not just scriptural truth, but into all truth. Meaning, whatever he's called you to do, asked you to do in your life, he'll speak to you. And that's why I had you turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 14, the Bible says, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Let me just read that again. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Okay? So I want you to put it in the comments right now. I can be led by the Spirit of God. Just put that in the comments. I can be led by the Spirit of God. You absolutely can. It's not just for certain Christians or elite Christians or, you know, whatever. No, every believer can be led by the Spirit of God. There's no question about that. No question about that. So understand something. The Holy Spirit will declare unto us things to come. He leads us and he guides us into all truth. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So it's one of our, it's an inheritance, it's a portion, it's a promise that we as believers can and will be led by God's Spirit. All right, so we know that this is the primary way, watch now, this is the primary way that God leads his people, by the Holy Spirit. Now remember this, in the Old Testament, we did not have people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people, the prophets, they'd prophesy, but he didn't live in the prophets. He didn't live in those who followed after God under the law of Moses. Nobody could be filled with the Holy Spirit. Their bodies were not the temple of the Holy Ghost, but now our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost and we are filled not, not temporarily, permanently filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a powerful blessing. That's a wonderful thing. You are permanently filled with the Holy Ghost and you can be led by the Spirit of God. And that's the best way to live your life, led by the Spirit of God. So here's a question. How does someone, how is someone led by the Spirit of God? How is someone led by the Spirit of God? Because this is the beginning of what I'm showing you today, and then I'm going to show you this mistake that the enemy wants you to make. How, what are the ways someone can be led by God's Spirit? Well, one way that you can be led by the Spirit and, the, and that the Holy Spirit will guide you is through the written Word of God. Through the written Word of God. That's the first way. And I, I want you to see this even the psalmist understood this, Psalm 119 and verse 105, if you want a reference for this, Psalm 119 and verse 105, by the word, 
The psalmist writes, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So one way the Holy Spirit will lead his children, the the, the believers, is by the written word of God. And I'll, I'll say this as well, because it's important to remember this. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lead you to do something that contradicts the word of God. That's important to know. That's why I started with the written word of God, because the Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something that contradicts the written word of God. No, the word and the spirit, they work together. They're not separate. It's important to remember Jesus Christ is the word. He was made flesh, but he's the word. He existed from the beginning with God. And the word was with God and the word was God. Christ is the word. The Holy Spirit's not going to contradict Christ. The Holy Spirit's not going to contradict the the Father. No, they, they are one. They are one. So if somebody says, well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this, it's not the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Spirit told me to divorce my wife and go marry this other woman. That's not the Holy Ghost. It's not the Holy Ghost. So understand something. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to do something that contradicts God's written word. Amen. But it's number one of the number one ways God can lead you. When I was getting ready, I've told the story. Let me tell it again. When I was getting ready to go to Bible school, I, was all, I, I, had, I had my plans made, man. I had my plans made for a long time. You know, my grandfather and grandmother had gone to this Bible school. My father, my mother, my uncles, my cousins, my cousin Jonathan was already there. My cousin Jessica, his sister. And uh, Jonathan's been my, uh, you know, one of my greatest friends for a long, long time. I mean, since we were kids. And um, we had it all planned out. He was two years ahead of me uh, in school. And, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd call him and talk to him. We had it all planned out. You know, he'd be a junior when I was a freshman, but I'd come up, we'd room together. And uh, I, looking back, I'm, it's probably good we didn't. We'd probably be, both have been kicked out of Bible school. But that was the plan. I was going to come in there and me and Jonathan go to the same Bible school, spend time together, hang out and everything. All my family went there, all of my family. And um, I prayed. And um, as I was praying, I also, I don't often tell this part, but I'm going to tell it to you. I was reading in the word Genesis and I read something that uh, the Lord said to Isaac, Abraham's son, Abraham, when he left, he went down to Egypt, but then God spoke to Isaac and said, don't go down to Egypt like your father did. Don't go down to Egypt like your father did. Go to a place that I'll show you. And he said, send him to Gerar where there was a famine in the land. And he said, stay here, live here. I'll bless you here. And when I heard that, and I've preached it many times after, the Lord said, tradition cancels God's transaction. It's a powerful thought. Put it in the comments. Tradition cancels God's transaction. Tradition cancels God's transaction. What does that mean? If you're just doing things because that's how we've always done it. This is what my family's always done. This is how we've always been. This is where we've always gone. If you're just doing something based on tradition, it can cancel God's transaction in your life. Because understand this, 
we're not led by tradition. We're led by the Spirit. And if the Lord tells you to do something that breaks away from tradition, even in your family, do it. Because his plan is greater than our plan. Isaiah uh, 55, the Bible says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. So his ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. Higher, definitely higher than my traditions and what's been done before me. I would rather do what the Holy Ghost says than do what somebody has always done. And so uh, I just got this word. And when I read that, don't go down to Egypt like your father did. Now, can I make a quick, let me make a quick point here. This is why we started Bible study made simple. Because people have, they don't understand how to rightly divide the word of God. They don't know how to read the Bible and properly interpret it. Now, when Genesis 26 was written, it's not written to me. It's not written to me. It has nothing to do with my life or where I go to Bible school or my, my future. God was speaking to Isaac about his life and what he would do and what God would do through him. So it has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with my life, my future, <clears throat> what Bible school I attend, none of that. None of that. But... I want you to see this. As I read it, as I read it, the Lord spoke to me through it, right? As I read it, the Lord spoke to me through it. Not because that's what the context of the verse means, but because that's what the Lord was saying to me as I read that passage. The same thing that happened with Brother Shambach. He was getting ready to buy a place. I believe it was in Brooklyn, New York. And the Lord told him it was a theater for a church. And the Lord told him, go out there and march around it like Jericho. March around that place and, and I'll, give you the, I'll give it to you. March around. Well, that's not what that verse means in the Bible. That's not what that passage in context is talking about. You know, it's, it's not uh, telling us that anywhere our, our foot treads, you know, we go around and anything we march around becomes ours. Or, or, or That's not what the passage means, but it's what the Holy Ghost told Brother Shambach. And he did it and it happened. It came to pass. Why? Because the Holy Spirit led him. How did he lead him? Through something that was written in the word of God. How did the Holy Spirit lead me to go where I was going? Through something that was written in the word of God in prayer. So one thing God can do, and maybe you've had this happen, he can lead you by something you read in his word that maybe jumped off the page and it was like, Though that's not written to you or though that doesn't pertain to your situation directly, it was like confirmation. It was like, oh man, I was just praying about that. And then you read something that says, go now and do not delay. You know, whatever, whatever. And you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't written to you, but to an Old Testament group of people. But all of a sudden you were praying about something and that, that day in your Bible, you opened up, go now and do not delay. And it's like the Holy Spirit let that jump off the page at you to give you a word specifically about the situation you are dealing with Go now and do, it, do not delay. That is, I'm not teaching you uh, right now Bible interpretation principles. That's not a Bible interpretation principle. That's not how you study the word of God or rightly divide the word of God. What I'm teaching you is that the Holy Spirit can take something, even a phrase from the word of God and lead you by something you read in the Bible. And I want you to be very clear about that because those are two different things. Because I would never then read the Bible and say, now I want you to understand just in the same way that God told the people to march around Jericho and he'd give them the city. 
anything you march around. No, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. You don't then go preach that as doctrine to the Christian church and say, now listen, if you need a house, you go march around that house seven times. If you're believing for a job, go to the place you're believing to work and march around it seven times. That's not how you interpret the word of God. That's not how you rightly divide the word of God. That's how you get goofy. It's like we had a person in our church one time, uh, not, not Miracle Word Church, but a church I was working in, and um, they, they heard it preached, you know, that uh, where, wherever the sole of your foot treads, you have dominion, you have authority, you have to take, take the land. And they literally were believing for a place. This family, I mean, nutty, nutty people. This family found a house that was for sale and just like broke in and just started squatting there, like, like living there. And, and like, they wouldn't leave. You know, there's like, no, we're declaring this is our house. Yeah, you got to buy it first. You got to buy it first. So you, that's what ends up happening to people that go off the deep end. You know, they, they start and say, no, I'm going to go out. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to march around. You know what we're going to do? We're going to outline the city. We're going to march around this city seven times. It's like, no, that's not how you rightly divide the word of God. But, but though that's not how you interpret scripture, you might be reading God's word. You might be reading God's word and something jumps off the page at you like it did for me, like it did for Brother Shambach, like it's done for many others. And God's leading you to do something personally, personally, through what you read. And that's what the psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. And of course, the word of God itself gives you parameters for living. And that's what the psalmist is talking about, that God leads us even in our decisions through his word. And that's exactly what he's saying. Uchenna said there were some kids in Bible school who would do that, do that with their feet on someone they wanted to marry when they heard it. They'd march around a person? Stand right there. You're going to be my wife. I'm marching around you seven times. Um, so number one, through the word. Number two, uh, the Lord can lead you, the Holy Ghost can lead you through another person speaking to you, a man or woman of God who may give you a word prophetically. Now, I want to say this, and I want you to put it in the comments. This is so important, so important, especially in the day and age we're living in with, you know, <laughs> there's so much that's called prophetic right now. Some of it is prophetic. Others, it's pathetic. It's not prophetic. Uh, and you got to be able to discern the spirits and know what they are. But um, put this in the comments and please remember it. In the New Testament, we are not led by prophets. We are not led by prophets. Now, in the Old Testament, they were. They absolutely were. But now, we are not led by prophets. Put it in the comments. We're not? No, we're not. We're led by the Holy Ghost. Now, a prophet, because prophets... Apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers all still exist, and they're still functioning in the body of Christ today. Now, do I believe everybody that calls themselves an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is one? No, I don't. But they are all five still functioning in the body of Christ today. But we're not led by prophets or pastors or evangelists or apostles or teachers. Not led by a person. We're led by the Holy Ghost. But the Lord will use men of God not just to perfect the saints, but to lead in God. So you may get a word from a man of God or a woman of God. You may get a word, but it's, it's, it should be something that brings confirmation to your spirit, 
not something you've never heard before. And you're like, oh man, because the Holy Spirit will speak to you first. The Holy Spirit will speak to you first. Why? He lives in you. He's not going to let you be blindsided by some word from somebody like, I never heard that. I don't even know what that. No, it's a confirmation. It's a confirmation. Do you know that that, that would even happen in the Old Testament? Did you know that? When prophets would give a word? How about the woman who was about to eat her last meal, 1 Kings 17, and then kill herself and her son, die? And God sent the prophet Elijah, said, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. He gets there. Notice, he's not the one that says, bake me a cake first. And she's like, well, I've never heard that word before, but it's all we have left. No, the Lord had already spoken to the widow woman, the Bible says. I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. So the the woman already had a word from the Lord. So it wasn't the first time she heard it when the prophet gave her an instruction. The Lord had spoken to her. The Lord had spoken to her. And that is definitely the case in the New Testament. We're not led by prophets. We're led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're led by the Holy Ghost. But the Lord will use men and women of God to give you a word, to strengthen your spirit, to confirm to your spirit, and help you move forward with what he's called you to do. Acts 21. Acts 21, verse 10. Listen, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit. This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people were ur- uh, there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. But Paul answered, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. I'm, all re- I'm, I'm ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. So notice, it's not like Paul was taken by surprise when he got this word from Agabus. You're going to be bound hand and foot. You're going to be turned over to the Gentiles. You'll be, hey, I know I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go there and give my life for the sake of the gospel. It wasn't the first time Paul, that, that thought ever jumped into Paul's spirit. He's led by the Holy Ghost too. Amen. And the Lord can give you a word. It's like I told you, this, that's how we're sitting in this studio. By a word from the Holy Ghost that my father gave. We knew God had a place for us, but we didn't know where it was. We didn't know where. And so... It's amazing how God will use other men and women to give you a word for your life. And it'll be a confirmation of what the Lord's already spoken to you. Sometimes it builds your faith and people wonder, I'm I'm getting this direction from the Holy, but is this really the Lord? Or is this me just thinking this stuff up? Is Is this from the Holy Ghost or am I just imagining things? And then somebody will give you a word that confirms that. And you're like, that was the Holy, I heard that in my spirit. That was the Holy Ghost the whole time. I shouldn't have doubted it. I should have just been led by the Holy Spirit. And done it. And then finally, uh, and this is the primary way, the Holy Spirit will speak directly to you, right in your belly. He'll speak directly to you. Speak directly to you. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm thinking about the fact, you know, I was talking yesterday with uh, Jared and Jess Burton um, at at my son's birthday party who, who moved down from Ohio. And uh, they didn't even understand necessarily. The Lord had spoken to them. And they were like, 
I, I, you know, what's going on? We feel to leave Ohio, sell our home, and move down to the West Palm Beach area. Now, this was before we had ever mentioned launching a church in West Palm Beach. We had not spoken one word about it. Not one word about it. But the Lord's speaking to them. Now, of course, they were partners with our ministry, but they, they didn't know anything about this. And they're just like, we don't, we don't understand it. We don't know why. The Lord's telling us to, you know, move from Ohio to West Palm Beach. And we're like, why West Palm Beach? We don't understand. And so they gave us, they sent us a message like, hey, this is kind of what the Lord's, you know, we know you guys are like an hour south of there, and, but this is kind of what we feel in our spirit. And Carol and I just looked at each other and thought, the Holy Ghost is leading them before they even know in the natural what's going on in West Palm Beach. And so we're sitting there and I'm like, man, that's a massive life decision. And I said, well, we, we probably, we need to call them and, uh, and let them know, you know, what, what we're getting ready to do, because this is a big life decision. So we called them up and, uh, and let them know. He said, Hey, um, the reason you probably feel that way, God spoke to us. We're getting ready to launch a church in West Palm beach. And they just were laughing. And so, you know, and Jess and Jerry like, I knew something was going on. I knew something was up. I, I knew it. I knew. And they had so, and it was funny because they had sowed a seed to the ministry and said, um, you know, if you want to use this towards property, if you want to use this towards property, they're like, they're thinking to themselves, like, what are they, what are we talking about? Like property and, you know, all that bill, whatever. They, why would we say that? But they see they're led by the spirit. They didn't know a thing, not a thing. But the Holy Ghost was leading them perfectly, perfectly. And we let them know. They were laughing. They told us the next day, we didn't even sleep all last night. The Lord, the Lord spoke to us. The Lord dealt with us and, uh, early on. And now we're just, they're just laughing. Because the Holy Ghost will lead you perfectly. Uh, number one, the Lord leads you by his word. Number two, he leads you by men and women of God. Number three, he leads you by his own spirit speaking to you. Jess Burton, I just told your story, you and Jared of what God did. And so the Lord leads perfectly. He guides perfectly. He guides perfectly. But here's the thing. Now, this is what I want to deal with too. Now, now that you understand what I'm talking about, led by the spirit, we're not led by prophets, but we get a word from prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We have a word from the written word. We have a word that comes into our spirit. And so as believers, we are led by the Holy ghost. But here's what I see. And this is the real crux of the matter. This, this is what we need to talk about today. When God gives you a word, as I was just giving <clears throat> Jess and Jared's testimony, other people, Mike and Caitlin, Mike and Caitlin Laval, and they said, you know, Caitlin came on just to say, hey, I love you. I'll see you guys after, I'll watch the replay after homeschool. But when God spoke to Mike and Caitlin Laval, they're up in, outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm sure there were people that told them they were crazy. Like you're, you're going to literally, uh, they gave everything away, got out of their apartment, gave everything away, only came down here with what they could fit in their vehicle, not a, not a moving truck, their vehicle with their, with their boys, you know, what they could fit in their vehicle. And I'm sure people told them, you guys are crazy. And they were confessing and believing God is going to provi provide for us a fully furnished home. Why? Because they had a word from the Holy Ghost that they were called to come down and be a part of Miracle Word Church in West Palm Beach. And so they stepped out by faith. They gave everything away that they couldn't fit in their car. And they said, you know, our furniture's gone. Everything's given away, but God's going to provide. 
and we're going to come down and he's going to provide for us a fully furnished home. He's going to provide for us, um, you know, everything we need. And I'm sure people told him they were nuts. But even, uh, I can't remember, when they just got here, Jess and Jared, who came from Ohio, someone in their neighborhood was giving away a beautiful big sectional couch and kind of put in the, like the neighborhood app, anybody in the neighborhood want this couch, we're giving it away. Well, they, they knew that, Jess, that uh, Caitlin and Mike were coming and they said, you know, we're gonna get that for them and keep it until they have a place. So big, beautiful sectional couch, they keep it. And then here comes uh, Mike and Caitlin, they made the obedient move and look at, they quickly did it. They didn't wait, so well, maybe next year when we get everything in line, maybe two years from now when everything uh, you know, works out, no. They quickly did it. They said, if God spoke, we're going to quickly move. And they did it. And then not, not maybe weeks after they got here, maybe a week and a half, two weeks after they got here, something like that, a fully furnished house available. They move in. God blessed them. Everything they need. And then the only thing it didn't have <clears throat> was a couch. And they had a couch already that somebody else in Jess and Jared's neighborhood had blessed them with. So look at that. Moving out looks like blind faith. But if the Holy Ghost gave you a word, he's going to take care of you. If the Holy Ghost is leading you, where he leads, he feeds. Where he guides, he provides. Where he leads, he feeds. Where he guides, he provides. Go to Numbers 13. So what is this mistake that people make? Carolyn and I were talking about this. What is this mistake people make that keeps them back that's right, Jess. They're coming. They'll be here this coming week. I, this weekend, they're leaving. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, people are, but, but listen, here's the mistake. The, the mistake is this. God gives you a word. God gives you a word. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> you have this either fear, doubt, unbelief, or whatever it might be that causes people to either... <clears throat> ignore the word or delay on their obedience to that word. They either ignore the word or they delay on their obedience. This is a massive, I can't even begin to tell you how massive a mistake this is. This crushes your ability to walk. Listen, it takes faith to walk in the instructions of God. It takes faith. It takes faith. It's not a... It's not something that's easy on your flesh. It takes faith. It takes supernatural faith to walk like that. And let me tell you something. <clears throat> God honors that kind of faith. He honors that kind of faith. So yes, it takes faith to step out and do the thing the Holy Ghost told you to do, but God honors that faith supernaturally. And I'm looking at Numbers 13. God had given them the promised land. I've been harping on this because this is if, our, if we're going to see our year of transformation that we're declaring, then let me tell you something. We have to. We have to take when God says it's ours. Jess said for us, there was, no, there was obedience for a year leading up to the word of the move. If we hadn't listened then, our move would not have been so easy. So look at that. Every single step of the way, obeying words from the Lord, then what happens? Puts you in position to be able to quickly do what he told you to do. That's supernatural. It's happened for me and Carolyn. It's happened for everybody that I've, I've talked to that obeys the word of the Lord. This is how it works. 
So here at Numbers, even though God said, this is yours, go move into it. That's where I want you to be. That's where I want you to live. That's where I want you to flourish. As soon as they looked at the word and saw the surrounding, uh, you know, atmosphere, the people, the everything. Oh yeah, there's blessing there. Yeah, it's nice there, but you see how the, the enemy does? Yeah, it's nice there. Yeah, it's, it's, there's blessing there. It's good there. However, and then what did it cause them to do? It caused them to operate by a spirit of doubt, unbelief, and fear. And then they delayed in their obedience. That's why God called it an evil report. That's why God called it wicked. That's why there was judgment and punishment associated with it. Without question. Judgment and punishment associated with it. Why? Because God cannot let disobedience be blessed. He cannot let disobedience be blessed. And so they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Then you go over to Deuteronomy chapter one, after the 40 years of wandering, and you look at verse two, and, and the Bible says they got back to the same place where they had sent the spies in, and Moses remembered, oh yeah, it's an 11 day journey from where we are to where we're going, 11 day journey. Think about how crazy that is. What should have only taken them 11 days took them 40 years. What their promise, their calling, their purpose, their blessing, what should have only taken 11 days to get to took 40 years, took 40 years. Here's where I'm at. I refuse to allow my calling my purpose, my blessing to be delayed and hindered because I won't step out by faith and do what the Lord said to do. I refuse. I'm not going to live that way. And, and I want you to see this. <clears throat> there is, and I wrote this in my Bible at the bottom, the danger of delay. And I want you to put it in the comments. Delay is dangerous. Put it in the comments. Delay is dangerous. And I gave myself a little cross-reference here over to Psalm 119. Delay is dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. If the Lord speaks, get on it, man. Jump on it. Delay is dangerous. And so I flipped over to Psalm 119 and verse 60. Psalm 119, verse 60. The Bible says, I hasten... And do not delay to keep your commandments. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. That's a powerful thought right there. The psalmist is writing. I quickly and without delay keep your commandments. Now listen, we believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. That's the Holy Spirit. It's what the Bible says. I know there are those that don't believe like that. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak anymore like that. No, that, that's, there's no such thing as the Holy Spirit speaking to you and giving you uh, specific words. I know there's people that believe like that. I'm not one of them. I believe what the Bible says. There's nothing in the Bible, nothing in the Bible without having to do some kind of theological gymnastics that tells us that the Holy Spirit stopped working the way he was working in the early church. In the life of the apostles, the first century church, there's nothing in the Bible that tells us that the apostolic gifts, the power gifts, the, the gifts of the Spirit are not op in, in operation. Nothing. Nothing. So I, 
I just go by what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit speaks to his people, leads and guides his people. No question. No question. So let me say something. The reason I'm, um, the reason I'm saying that is because if the Lord is speaking to me to do something and I don't do it, think how heavy this is. If the Holy Spirit tells me, Ted, I want you to do this and I don't do it. Is that not sin? Is that not sin? Because I am disobeying a word from the Holy Ghost. Think about that. I am disobeying a word from the Holy Ghost. That's why I don't, not only do I not ignore those words, I don't delay in those words. And that's why when I first heard Bishop David Oyedepo say that for their church in, in Ota, Nigeria, they have uh, something that they live by. It's like a creed. They live by this. And it's three things, three phrases. They say, number one, if God didn't tell me to do it, let it remain undone. If God can't take me there, may I never arrive. And if God can't give it to me, may I never have it. Think of that. If God didn't tell me to do it, let it remain undone. If God can't take me there, may I never arrive. If God can't give it to me, may I never have it. So what is that purpose? Well, they understand Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. I'm not going to labor in vain. I'm not going to jump all over the world doing stuff God didn't tell me to do. And I want you to see, see something with me. A need, there are many needs in the world, tons of needs, but a need does not constitute a calling. And I've used this example many times. Isn't there a need for orphanages to be built in other countries? Yes, no question. But the Lord never told me to shift my ministry focus to building orphanages. If he did, I would do it, but he never has. Others, he has told them that, but he's never told us to do that. I'm very clear about what we're supposed to do. Very clear about that. But if God didn't tell me to do it, see what happens is, is that um, people, they get bored with their calling. And when they get bored with their purpose, their calling, they start trying to do other things that interest them. Don't do that. Because God only takes care of what he called you to do, not the things you feel like doing right? It's like if you're in the military, you can't be like, you know what? They've not sent me on any mission since I've been enlisted. I'm going to start coming up with some, some missions on my own. And I'm going to get a couple of guys. We're going to fly over to a country where they've got people being held hostage and we're just going to go in there and get them out. It's like, okay, that's called being AWOL, absent without leave. You can get jailed for that. You'll be sentenced for taking, taking off on the military and then going and doing your own thing. You're a rogue that's not sanctioned by the U.S. government. You just decided to go do it. You're not Rambo. You'll be put in prison for that. The army does not provide for it. The Marines, nobody. They won't provide for it. They won't give you the resources. They won't give you a ride. They won't give you the weapons. They won't give you the backup. They're not going to do any of it. Not going to give you intel. Not going to give you air support. None of it. Yeah, what are you on the A-team? You're, you're, that's, that's called going rogue. You're AWOL. 
And that's the same in the body of Christ. We're in the army of God. We don't just go come up with our own missions and go do our own thing. If God didn't tell me to do it, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm only, that's why I said, I'm glad I never told anybody because people used to ask me all the time <clears throat> that uh, Elisha said, you prophesied to me a new hall in a couple of weeks, in a couple of days, I'll get a word inside of me and preach it. And as of two days ago, I'm going to preach in youth. Praise the Lord for that. Scroll back up to Cameron's comment because Cameron said that the Lord spoke to him. Um, the Lord told me a couple weeks ago to hold a crusade on Memorial Day weekend. I didn't delay and stepped out in faith and I've already been blessed with property, a tent, a sound equipment and a praise team. Praise God. That's wonderful. See how quickly God, quickly God provides when he tells you to do something? Not delay. You don't delay. So it's the same in the body of Christ. I don't just go decide to do something because I feel like it. If God didn't tell me to do it, it just remains undone. Remains undone. I'm not doing, I'm not doing stuff God didn't tell me to do. That's why I'm so happy that when people used to ask me, you think you'll ever pastor a church? I'm like, I'm, I'll never pastor a church. I used to just say, I'll do whatever the Lord wants. You know, I'm his servant. I don't tell him what I'm going to do with my life. He tells me. He tells me. And so... I just said, you know, I'll do whatever the Lord says. I had no plans to ever pastor. I had no goals or desires to ever pastor, but I never said I wouldn't do something because if God tells me, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I'm glad I never said no, because then the Lord spoke to us to pastor on top of evangelizing. And I'm so thankful I never said, I'll never do that. No, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do whatever the Lord wants. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I'll do it. I'll do it. I will absolutely do it. And so that's the key is that we're led by the spirit. We're not led by our emotions, our desires. So when God speaks to you to do something, I've watched, you know, my wife and I were talking, there's people like the Lord will speak to them. We've had people tell us, you know, the Lord, we were praying because we, when you, we heard you were launching the church in West Palm beach, we were praying because, um, you know, we felt, and we felt like, you know what, that that's going to be the place for us. Uh, we felt, we felt that that's it. We're just waiting now on the green light from the Lord. That was the green light. When the Lord told you this was the place you were supposed to be, that was the green light. I don't know what other, I never understand like what, what other things people are waiting for. Like what, 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 what thing are you waiting for? When the Lord tells you that's the place you're supposed to be, be there. You know, it's like, <laughs> we get, people make fun of us a little bit. They kind of laugh because you know, the Miracle Word team, we move very quickly on stuff. Like if we get an idea, if somebody, we'll just jump into it. We just do it <clears throat> because we're not going to be those that delay when the Lord says to do it. We're not going to be those that delay. If God said, do it, I'm doing it. You know, I told the Lord and, and I had to kind of repent of this a little bit, but you know, cause Carolyn and I were like, you know what, when we, when we go to plant this church. The Lord told us we're not going to be mobile in Jesus name. We're going to just go, we're going to start off. We're not starting. We have our place or whatever. And the Lord dealt with me. He said, you know, is it your church or is it my church? Well, it's his church. It's not mine. And he said, what if I told you, he said, would you not just get started because I told you to get started? I said, no, I would. I just don't want to be mobile. He said, well, what, what if I told you to start now? Would you start now? Or are you going to wait around until, until you're comfortable with start? I said, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so I had to, I had to repent and say, yeah, I'll, whatever the Lord wants is what I'll do. Because then when the Lord opened the door for us, of course, my father came down for three days, released the gift of faith. And uh, we didn't even know that was the week, the biggest boat show in the country here in South Florida. And all the hotels were booked and, 
you know, prices through the roof and everything, and there were no, nothing, literally, there were no, um, there were no even locations to be had, and then all of a sudden, Jenna finds this one at the convention center, and it's open for us. And I said, well, check to see if the other Sundays are open afterwards. Yes, they are. Okay, book it. Because if the Lord said, get going, we're going to get going. And we got going. You say, well, yeah, but you're mobile. Yeah, because it's not my church, it's his church. And he said, just start. I told you to start, so start. And I'm so glad we did. And I'm so glad we did. Uh, And then, literally, right before the launch, Jenna found this location that we just signed on. She found it. No realtors could help us. There were no properties that worked that gave us anything. And then Jenna found this place, uh, what was it, at the end of February. And we just signed on it. Everything's good. Got the space we need. We had to wait for a a tenant to kind of move out a part of it. They're, They're out. We signed. It's ours. We're getting ready to begin construction. And so if you look at it, and I'm believing construction will move quickly, but literally God was just saying, would you get started if I told you to get started? Yes, we will. So April, May, June, at the most, really, maybe three months of being mobile. I just talked to a pastor who told me, you know, because people don't have any reference for, you know, how long, how short. You know, three months of being mobile before you have your own place is nothing. I I talked to a pastor recently that their church was mobile for eight years. That's a long time. And they were faithful to do it and do it and do it. Very faithful. That's a long time. But three months, it's like the Lord was just checking to see, would you just be obedient quickly? When I tell you to get going, get going. Yes, Lord, we will be obedient. We will do what you ask us to do. We will not delay. We will not delay. And we didn't delay. And I'll tell you, God blessed us for our obedience. No question about it. God blessed us for our obedience. On top of that, here's the other thing. As we just quickly obeyed, God's blessed us with wonderful families already. One, I mean like wonderful families. People that are a blessing, a great blessing. And I'm going to tell you, this mistake that the enemy tries to make us uh, accept is this mistake of great delay or ignoring the word God gave us. This is what's keeping people out of their blessing. The more you delay, the more you stay out of the blessing. The more you delay, the more you sabotage your own calling. Don't do that. Don't miss out on what God has for you quickly. Look, look, what, look what Joshua and Caleb said. Look what Joshua and Caleb said. No, no, don't listen to this report. We are well able to take the land. Well able. But look at this verbiage. Not just well able, but what did they say? They said, no, don't listen to them. Let's go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. We are well able. Say, yeah, but what about those giants, though? What about those giants? (laughs) What about the price of living? What about the cost of living? What about real estate? What about the jobs? Huh? We're well able. If the Lord told you to do it, you you think the Lord is sending you somewhere to destroy you? Carissa said, is there such a thing as like half of an instruction? For example, being told in the spirit not to stay where you are, but not being told exactly where to go. No, I think that there's just more of uh, uh, half of reception. And I think there there comes a time for people, like we did for the church, where you got to fast and pray 
you know, this is not a small thing. This is your life. Remember that, those that are watching. This is not some small thing. This is your life. This is where your children are going to be. This is where you and your spouse are going to be. This is where you're going to work. It's where you're going to live. It's where God's going to speak to you. It's one of the biggest decisions you can make. So you don't ever make decisions like that without fasting and prayer. We didn't move here lightly. We moved here on an instruction from God and got the word from the Holy Ghost. We didn't start the church lightly. We did it after 21 days of fasting and prayer. Amen. This is your family we're talking about. So I don't necessarily believe that there's half of an instruction. Uh, I don't believe that the Lord shows you everything when you first start. I don't believe that. Uh, like when we came here, what, eight years ago, the Lord didn't send us here telling us he was going to have us start a church. He just told us for no reason at all to move here, told us where to move, told us what to do. We did that. You'll get, it's like my father says, when you're being led by the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are like headlights on a car. The further you drive, the more you see, the more you obey, the more he reveals to you, the more you obey, the more he reveals to you. Uh, Miss Denise has a question. It's a good question. If you get direction from the Holy Spirit and the church leadership tells you to wait, what do you do with that? Um, again, I'll go back, Denise, to what I said um, at the beginning of the broadcast is though we're thankful for men and women of God, it's not that we have a, a dishonor or anything like that. I've had um, people give me words, but remember um, they are, though they have the Holy Spirit, they're not, they are not the Holy Spirit. So what that means is if the Lord spoke to me to do something, um, I'll stand before God one day and I will have to give an answer to him. Did you do what I told you to do? Well, no, I had a couple of preachers said it wouldn't be a good idea. Okay. Are they the Holy ghost? No. Okay. So why didn't you do the thing I asked you to do? Well, there were people that didn't think it was the right time. Okay, did I tell you to go? Yes. Why didn't you go? Well, you know, and that's how I think about that stuff, Denise, is that I thank God for people. But again, we're not led by prophets. We're not led by apostles, pastors, evangelists, or teachers. We can receive instruction. We can receive advice. We can receive prophetic words. But again, we have the Holy Spirit who leads us individually as believers. And if he's told people to do something, then, you know, <laughs> I just have to live like that. Like the whole, there were people that told me, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you should be doing that. I, I had somebody that told me when, when uh, I was getting ready to travel as an evangelist, this is not a good time to, to, to start a ministry. This is not a good time to step out uh, into evangelism. This is it's just the, the landscape right now is, is not right. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's what you that's your opinion. The Lord told me to get going. The Lord told me to do it. And so what am I going to stand before God one day and say, how, how come you didn't start preaching when I told you to start preaching? Well, I had somebody told me it wasn't the best time to start. <laughs> People aren't the Holy Ghost. And I know this needs to be driven in. I, I hear, because that Denise's question, and I'm sure she's also asking parenthetically for people that have the same question too. But like someone else wrote, Holly said, I had this exact same question this morning. Thank you for asking Denise. But people aren't the Holy Ghost. People can give you a word from the Holy Ghost, but again, it should be a confirmation to what's already in your spirit. It should be a confirmation to what the Holy Ghost has already told you. Let me tell you, I don't care if my pastor came to me tomorrow 
and said, I believe you're supposed to uproot your family. The Lord speaks to me. You're, start a, you're, you're to go start a ministry in Pakistan. Okay, thanks for the word. I'll pray it out. But I've had no instruction from the Holy Ghost to uproot my family and take them to Pakistan. So I, I thank God for you as my pastor. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, it's not, I'm not dishonoring you. I love you. But again, I'm not led by men of God. I'm led by the Holy Ghost. I receive, the, I receive words from men of God. I receive advice from men of God. But when it comes to my own life and my own um, ministry, I have to stand before the Lord one day and give an answer. Did I do what the Lord asked me to do? And if I stand before God and he says, you didn't do it, why didn't you do it? Well, I had a minister tell me, you know, it wasn't the best move. <laughs> I don't want that for my life. I don't want that for my life. And it's not, and people have a hard time. Now, let me say this. You can be belligerent. You can be disrespectful. You can be dishonoring when someone gives you advice, instruction, or word. Don't do that. Don't do that. Not the, I'm not saying Denise would do it. I'm just saying don't anybody do it. If you get a word, respectfully, listen to it. Hear it. Take it in. Maybe pray about it. You know, fast about it. If it's something... You say, man, 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 that could be the Lord. Pray, pray and fast and ask the Lord, is this what I'm supposed to do? He'll tell you, but don't be dishonoring about it. Don't get bent out of shape. Don't get offended about it. That's a mistake and that puts you into sin. So don't do that. Don't cause problems about it. But at the same time, remember, we're led by the Holy Ghost. We're led by the Holy Ghost. And that's the most important thing we can do is be led by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, again, if I had... And I've been a God that I love, that I love. But I'm telling you, these, these are life decisions. That's why I got to listen to the Lord. If my pastor or ministers that I love and respect told me to do something like, hey, the Lord tells me you're really supposed to go open a church in, in Karachi, Pakistan. Uh, let me tell you, unless the Lord tells me that, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Um. Francine says, can the Lord give you more than one thing to do? I have a huge pull drive for three life callings, if you will, if you will that are all slightly different. Um, the Lord can give you multiple things to do, but your calling will be in one direction. God's not going to pull you in multiple different directions. It's singleness of mind, singleness of purpose. For example, the Lord's given me... Um, multiple things to do. Of course, we, we, we use media to broadcast. We're on television. We've planted and launched a church. We're evangelizing and traveling. But notice they're all in the same calling. They're all in the same calling. What am I doing with you right now? I'm preaching and teaching from the word of God to you. What do I do at our church? I preach and teach from the word of God to them. What do I do when I evangelize? I preach and teach from the word of God to them. So it's different functions. It's different things, but it's all in the same vein or calling. That's the point I'm making. It's in the same vein or calling. So God's not going to divide your, your focus. You know, God's not going to say to me like, now I want you to plan a church and I want you to pastor those people and I want you to minister to them, but I also want you to build up a real estate empire and be a real estate, uh, in, in, you know, uh, a realtor. I want you to go be a realtor and I want you to start selling homes all over South Florida and I want you to be, a, you know, form your own realty company and go do that. But also, also, I want you to get involved with music production and start a, a studio where you have clients come in and you produce their, it's like, whoa, pick a direction, pick a direction. 
You see, pick a direction and then do the thing. God's not going to divide your interest, divide your focus. He has a calling for your life. He has a plan for your life. Jacob said, what is the Holy Spirit? What if the Holy Spirit speaks to the husband? Will he also give confirmation to the wife? He will because they're one in marriage. The Bible says you become one. When I got the word to move to South Florida, I immediately called my wife and at the, it was late at night. She was about to go to bed. She didn't feel it. She was like, oh my goodness. I can't believe you're telling me this. You know, she, it, she, at first she was like, it hit her because it was just like all new. But then she prayed and the Lord spoke to her too. Lord gave her peace about it too. Because we're both led by the spirit. We're both led by the spirit. Now, I will say this. There comes a time when the wife even if she doesn't have the exact same leading, and I believe she can and will if she'll press in, needs to yield to the authority of her husband. The Bible teaches, and I know this is, this is something that I know people have a hard time hearing in 2023, but the husband is given by God to be the head of the home. It's not the husband and wife together that are the head of the home. It's the husband that's the head of the home. The Bible says, that he's to rule his own house well, and that wives are to love and be submissive to their husbands. Anything with more than one head is a monster. Christ is the head of the church. There's not multiple heads of the church. And the head of the home is the husband. And I know that in this uh, society where feminism's gone through the roof and everything, you know, toxic masculinity and you're sexist, you're a bigot, you're all that nonsense. Let me tell you something. The husband's the head of the home. Christ is the head of the church. And any functional marriage that's a Christian marriage that functions properly will operate that way. If they don't, if they don't do that, there'll be problems because that's God's system. No one else, no one else will become the head of the church but Christ. And no one else but the, but the husband will become the head of the home. If they do, it's out of order and then it brings problems. Becomes problems. That's right. And Jess Burton said, absolutely. You can't complain about your husband not being a spiritual leader if you don't let him because you're always trying to usurp his authority. That's right. Scroll up a little bit. I'm, I'm, I don't want to miss anybody's comments. And, and that's exactly how it works. Um, Grace said, if you're fasting and praying for direction, do you put a timeline on it? Someone recently told me you need to put a timeline on it so you don't delay. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit's not mute and he's not trying to delay you. And so... Um, it's like, keep it up there. Just so brother Hagen said that he never had to go longer than three to four days of fasting and prayer. We've done 21 days when it's something like a life change. I take time and I say, Lord, show me clearly. And there's not a time frame in the Bible, but, uh, I take time and, and cut other distractions out. You know, it's not just the fasting grace. I'll say this. It's not just the fasting, but on top of the fasting, it's removing distractions because you cannot eat and still be distracted. You cannot eat and still be filling your time with streaming services and social media and doing other events. That's why you got to come away from the distractions and focus on hearing the voice of God. And then, and, and then not eating is just another uh, distraction removed and, and weakens the flesh so that the spirit can become more dominant. Uh, but it's removing distractions so you can hear and really press in and say, Lord, show me. Show me. And he'll show you. He doesn't want to keep it a secret from you. He wants to lead you and guide you. And so you can do that. But that's why we kind of set, when we set a, a thing, say, I'm going to fast for seven days. I'm fasting for 21 days, whatever it might be. 
and seek the face of God, but remove those distractions. I write about that in the book, Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, which I believe you have. Um, and that will help you as well. Um, Jeannie said, I've had many dreams and others tell me I'm to evangelize. I was told that. Then do it. Then do it. The Lord's obviously speaking to you. He, he speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. He speaks by the Spirit. Scroll down a little bit for me, please. I'm not sure what light war is talking about. You can't do that in South Florida. Um, keep going. Amen. Scroll back. Yeah, yeah. Leslie said, amen. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. I, I'll take away every distraction while I fast and pray. Yes. So important. So, so important. No question about it. And so it's, it's, it's very vital that you understand this because the, the moment that you start delaying, then what happens is the enemy comes. What was his number one question that he asked from the beginning of time? Did God really say, first question to Eve, First question to Eve, did God really say, tries to get you to question, tries to get you to question what God said. So you get a word from the Lord. <laughs> Pastor, Mark, Pastor Mark Hankins said one time, he said, if only the Lord had added a couple of words to Mark chapter 11, <laughs> whatsoever things you desire uh, when you... When you pray in church, the things you say in church, <laughs> people get in the anointing in church. They start confessing. They start praying. They start believing. Then they get home and they fade off. They, fade, they get it back in their flesh. They fade off of the word of God and the, the, the confession of faith and the spirit of faith. <laughs> and they start fading back from it. If he'd only added that in church, <laughs> it's not just about what you hear in church, what you feel in church, how you pray in church. You got to live. You got to live like this. Person, how do I, God speaks in dreams and visions. How do I start living in it? Obey. You obey the word of the Lord. You obey the leading of the spirit. That's how you live in it. It's not theoretical. It's not something you just think about and meditate on. It's something you step out and do. You know, I can confess all I want. I'll give you an example in our, our ministry recently. I can confess all I want and declare, Father, I thank you you're giving us a building. I thank you that that building will be no less than 15,000 square feet. I thank you it'll be in West Palm Beach, close to the airport. I thank you, Lord, it'll be the perfect uh, position and the right location and everything like that. And then here it is. We find it. God gave it to us. Like, well, you know, I think it's, in my opinion, it's a little bit expensive uh, for us. No, God just opened up the door and gave you everything you asked for right? Gave you everything you asked for. And then people that, well, you know, I think it's a little bit expensive and, you know, I'm not sure if we're in position at this moment to begin to do those, you know, those types of things. I feel like, and, and I'm telling you, the enemy will try to do that because I understand that South Florida uh, has a higher cost of living than, than most places around the country. I get that. Listen, I've lived here for eight years. I get that. I get that. I, I couldn't even rent a home here for what I bought a home for in Virginia. <laughs> it was like a it was over 150% of the cost to rent a home that it was to own a home in Virginia. I get that. I understand. But I don't look at the giants and say, "Oh, you know, you know, I, I would I would move down there, Lord, but you know, uh, the cost of living's higher and you know, it's it's the No, if he told me to do it, I'm doing it. And I understand things are things are more expensive. That's how it works, but God knew where he was sending me. God, you know, you think God called our family and our church to West Palm Beach and then said, 
Oh, 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 gee, Jesus, did you know I never even checked the cost of living and the cost of properties before I sent them there? I should have checked. Why did I not go on Zillow and figure out, and then all of it, now, now I've got to provide for their church in South Florida. God knew where he was sending us. God knew the property value. God knew what buildings he'd give us. God knew what families he'd send. God knew all this. It's not my church. It's God's church. Amen. So he knew. He understands. He's not, uh, he's not limited in his ability to take care of you. And this is what gets in people's minds. Well, I mean, the Lord told me to move down there, but I just don't know. You know, don't delay. If the Lord told you to do something, do it. Do it. Do it. It's, it's why delay when the Holy Spirit gives you a word? Because, and this is, this is, a, this is something that's, that's interesting to, to think about and understand. And put it in the comments. Delay is a form of doubt. Delay is a form of doubt. I know this is heavy teaching today. I have to give this because I see so many that are dealing with this in the body of Christ, it needs to be said. Delay is a form of doubt. Because the only reason you wouldn't obey God when he spoke to you is because you think there are other factors that are going to affect what happens if you obey quickly. Right? It's what happened in Numbers. Well, we would go, but their cities are fortified and there's giants in the land. Okay, so you're saying God told you to go but there are other factors that are keeping you from doing it. Well, you think God was unaware? Do you honestly think God didn't know there were giants there? I know he never mentioned them, but you think it's because he didn't know they were there? No, he knew they were there. And Joshua and Caleb had the right word. They said, no, these giants, these giants are bred to us. They're bred to us and their protection is removed from them. You know why? Anything that stands in your way of accomplishing the thing God called you to do becomes irrelevant in the presence of God. Becomes irrelevant. Does not matter. Does not matter. And when God speaks, I moved here only by a word of God. People, people have moved here only by a word from God. We've got families coming from everywhere. Everywhere. And more to come. More with their houses on the market right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I'm telling you, there is an attack against your personal calling, your purpose, that comes in the form of doubt through delay or delay through doubt. It's a form of doubt. There's nothing else it could be. Because if God told me to do it and I delay to do it, it means I don't believe that he'll take care of me as I do it. Grace said, I don't know if this question makes sense, but is there a difference between delaying and using wisdom to make sure you're following the right direction from the Lord? Yes, I'm talking, I'm talking more about extended delay. You know, there's people like, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a word from the Lord and then, you know, you spend, you know, I'll, I'll, you know 21 days of fasting and prayer or whatever, a month praying about it. I mean, especially when it's a big life decision. You're not, you're not flippant with your life. But then there's, there's a whole other thing when it's like, Two years have gone by and you still haven't done anything. God told you to start a ministry. God told you to start a business. God told you to move. God told you to do this. And it's two years later and you've not made a move. That's what I'm talking about. Extended delay. It's like, why 
are people, you know, they told you, yeah, yeah, the Lord spoke to me. I mean, the Lord spoke to me last year. The Lord spoke to me two years ago. It's like, okay, the Lord spoke to you. And it's been two years. I had a guy come up. Um, I had a guy come up to me in a church service. He said, would you pray for me? I said, sure. Well, how can I pray for you? He said, you know, the Lord called me to preach and I'm just believing the doors are going to open up. I said, really? That's awesome. When did God, uh, when did God call you to preach? He was like 30 years ago. I was like 30 years. Hold on. God called you to preach 30 years ago and you haven't begun what he called you to do yet. Then it's like, you almost have to say to him, uh, I'm sure God's found someone else by now. I'm sure God's found somebody else. But God's got a, God has things he wants done in the earth. God's got agendas. He's got plans and he wants them accomplished. He's not waiting around 30 years for somebody to finally say yes to him. He'll find someone else. He'll find someone else. Life of Max, he said, is that, um, scroll back up a little bit. Is that Nancy? Um, how about when you obey God, but don't see the impact that the Lord spoke about? Um, let me get, let me speak to that for a minute. When you obey God, but you don't see the impact the Lord spoke about. Um, if you understand the principle from the scripture, do not despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord is happy to see the work begin, right? If you're faithful over little, I'll make you ruler over much. Amen. Where we're at now is not where we're going to be. You've heard me teach. It's never ending increase in the body of Christ until Jesus comes. So where you start is not where you're going to finish. And, and there's a process. As you're obedient, God continues to give you more and more and more. As you're faithful, God gives you more and more and more. Amen. I thank God. You can keep scrolling down a little bit. I thank God that I'm not, uh, I'm not where I was when I started in ministry. <laughs> I thank God for that. You know, I, uh, I went back and found, I found a VHS tape of myself preaching right when I got out of Bible school. I was in Canada, right outside of Toronto, St. Catharines, Ontario. I found a VHS tape, popped it in and watched myself preach. First of all, my voice was like three octaves higher, but I was, I, lo I watched that tape. I was so nervous preaching. And I mean, it was, it was a, it was a big church, but I was so nervous preaching. So nervous. And I was like, I was sitting there like thinking to myself, man, I'm glad that I don't sound like that now when I'm preaching. I'm glad, I'm glad that I don't preach like that now. I go back and look at some of the things that I used to do. And it's, it's amazing. It's like, you know, I started in a very small thing. I mean, you know, we, 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 we decided to start doing this broadcasting, you know, and uh, I had some little camera that we bought somewhere. I was in my house in Virginia. And, uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I just was faithful. I didn't say, well, I'm not, I'm waiting until my media ministry can make a bigger impact, you know, until we can be on television around the world and until we can broadcast and have viewership. And No, I'm not waiting for that. If the Lord told me to get started, I'm going to get started. No matter where I'm at, I'm going to get started. So I bought a little camera, set it up in my living room. I go back and watch those videos. I should play it sometime. It's just so awkward and cringy. I set up, I set up a crossbar uh, of a photo, a photo draping cloth, whatever, black photo. And I stood there, 
you know, not, not realizing how much the, the lens actually captures. I just saw how small the lens was. I was like so nervous not to move. I thought I'd go out of the frame and I was super robotic. Hey everybody, it's Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. So glad you're watching my video. Today I want to talk to you about the power of God's voice. I was like, you know, it was like so, so cringy. You know, because I, I, I didn't understand what it was like to, to speak into a camera. I just felt weird talking to a camera. I had one little camera. I had some lights. I had lights that were so hot, so hot. I'd lose like five pounds every time I did a broadcast. I'd sweat so much. So the lights were so, this was before you could get LED lighting like that. <laughs> I was so hot every time. Everybody's like, I was sitting there sweating through the broadcast, super cringy. He's like, and, and then we started doing broadcasts daily. I didn't have a studio. I had a little camera in a house, little camera in a house. That's it. And uh, I remember one time we were doing, was it Thanksgiving or was it a, a Christmas broadcast? It was a special broadcast, either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And uh, well, we had prayer requests, something like that. Prayer requests coming in. This is, this is where we had, this is where we had. I'm sitting in my living room. <laughs> this was such a stupid idea because I'm sitting in my living room doing this special broadcast, but because it was like fall in Virginia with the fire, we had the fireplace on <laughs> and the lights were already so hot and the fireplace is on. We're like, we're, we're sitting there like sweating and, pr- and I'm pr- doing like either a Thanksgiving broadcast or Christmas and people keep sending prayer requests in. <laughs> And me and Carolyn are there and Jenna is crawling like army crawling across the floor with new prayer requests and hand, handing them up under the table to me and Carolyn. And we're just like, how far we've come, how far we've come. <laughs> how far we've come uh, from, from those days. And uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm so glad I didn't say to the Lord, uh, Lord, I'm not doing any of this till we have a studio and an LED wall and professional lighting and cameras and we're on television. I'm so glad. You know why? Because the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. The Lord's happy to see the work begin. And if you're faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. If I was faithful to sit there in front of some tiny little camera (laughs) with a uh, a lens that was a stock lens, a kit lens with hot, hot lighting and willing to stand there and just teach and teach and teach and make, make videos for YouTube and, and everything like that. God said, if, if he'll be faithful doing that, I can trust him with television broadcasts. I can trust him with a studio. I can trust him with all the professional stuff. God's watching to see. And I didn't delay. That was the, that was the key. I didn't delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. Step out and do what God's called you to do. And that's the thing. Delay is a form of doubt. Delay is a form of doubt. And I'm encouraging you uh, today on this Wednesday because I want, you to, I want you to see this. I want you to step out into this kind of blessing. It doesn't, remember this, and I'm not telling everybody watching me to move, I'm not saying to move to, to South Florida. There's some people that the Lord has already spoken to you to do that. But listen, when I say the phrase, the miracles in the move, I don't mean that you have to uh, move out of where you're living. But as you're moving in obedience to God, right? You're moving in obedience to God. So when I say the, in fact, put that in the comments, the miracle is in the move. And what I mean by that is this, is that God wants that movement, the forward movement of obedience. 
Forward movement of obedience. That's what we're talking about. Forward movement of obedience. The miracle's in the move. I've grown tired of seeing Light Warrior's comments, and you can go onto YouTube and delete him. I've grown tired of you, bro. Bye. You're like on mental drugs. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. I'll never see you again. Goodbye forever. I'll never see you again. Goodbye forever. I'll never see you again. You have been blocked from our YouTube channel now. You have been so blocked from our YouTube channel now. Bye. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just have to show people the door. Um, <laughs> yes, just Burton's feels the anointing on that. The miracle is in the move. So it's a movement of obedience. Let me finish with this for our preview. In the John chapter two, <laughs> Jesus tells the servants, <laughs> Tyler said that brought a tear to my eye. Um, and Elisha, I'm going to answer your question in a moment. Uh, Jesus tells the servants, fill the water pots with water and then bear them to the master of the feast. Fill the water pots with water and bear them to the master of the feast. No, we need wine, not water. I know. Do what I'm telling you because the miracle is in the move. The miracle's in the move. Fill the water pots with water, John chapter two, and bear them to the master of the feast. Somewhere between when they filled them with water, picked them up and took them to the master of the feast. Somewhere in that transition, the water became wine. Because the Bible says, then the master of the feast dipped in and tasted the wine. It was wine when he tasted it. It was water when they poured it. So notice, Jesus didn't turn it into wine right there on the water pots as they were bearing it. So notice what that was. It was in the move. In the movement, it changed. In the movement, it became what they needed, right? In the obedience, it became what they needed. Hallelujah. In the obedience. Joshua chapter three, tomorrow, the priests are gonna go out ahead of you bearing the Ark of the Covenant. Their feet will touch the, the, the brink of the Jordan River. And when they did, guess what happened? In the middle of the obedience, the water parted. It didn't part because they spoke to it. It didn't part because they said, well, we're going to wait. We're going to wait for God to part the water. Then we're going to pass over to the other side. No, they didn't wait. The priests went out. The anointing went out. And as soon as their feet touched the brink of the water, in their obedience, as they moved, the water parted. As they moved. As they moved. The miracle is in the move. The miracle is in the move. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's powerful. The miracle's in the move. So when God tells you to do something, it is in your obedience that he blesses you. Let me ask you a question. Does God bless you after you've sown the seed? Or does he bless you when he tells you to sow the seed? No, after you've sown it. He doesn't multiply what you don't sow. And he doesn't bless what you don't do. Let me, let me put that in the comments. Last thing, and I'll answer a question, then we'll pray. He doesn't bless what you don't sow. He doesn't bless what you don't do. In fact, put it this way. He doesn't multiply what you don't sow. 
He doesn't bless what you don't do. Put that in the comments. He doesn't multiply what I don't sow. He doesn't bless what I don't do. Very important. He doesn't multiply what I don't sow. He doesn't bless what I don't do. The miracle's in the move. The harvest is in the sowing. The blessing is in the obedience. Amen. Amen. Elisha said, I've had this word in my spirit to move to West Palm Beach, but I don't have enough money to do it. What do I do? Well, that, that's a practical question. That's a practical question in that uh, whether you have to get a job first. You know, I can't remember. Uh, Elisha, uh, you told me you're 16. Is that right? 16 years old. I mean, there's a big difference between being 16 and being 26, you know, and then, you know, you already have a job, you've already been living and, and, and you're not doing what the Lord tells you to do. You're still in high school. It's a whole nother, it's a whole nother story. So you trust God. You tell him, to, you, you tell him, I'll be faithful, Lord, as you open the doors, open the doors for me, give me opportunity to obey this. The Lord will do it. The Lord will do it. If he called you, he'll provide for what he called you to do. No question about that. You just be faithful. Say, Lord, whatever it is I need to do, if I got to work, if I got to, you know, and of course you do have to work, but I'm saying like, if I got to work toward that goal, I'm going to work toward that goal. I'm going to make it happen. You know, Lord, if I have to come down, if I got to get a roommate or two roommates as I come down until I can afford to live on my own or whatever it is, the Lord will, will open up the way for you to do it. But I couldn't, I can't stress this more today than I'm stressing it. This is the number one mistake people make that derails their calling, derails their purpose. Don't be the person that you get 20 years down the road and you tell somebody, yeah, you know, the Lord told me to, to do this 20 years ago and I, I just never felt it was the right time. And, you know, don't be the person that misses out on what God has for your life because you're delaying out of doubt. You're delaying out of fear. Step out by faith and watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Watch how he'll do it. Hallelujah. Watch how he'll do it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He does it by his word, does it by his spirit. And in your obedience, you open up the blessing of God. You do. Let me tell you, I was just thinking about this. Like, it's a supernatural thing. You know, we're a church plant. I'll just tell you this because it's like, it's a supernatural thing. I, I, was, I was saying this to somebody the other night. We're a church plant. We just started the church one month ago. We've only been a church for one month. For one month. And I was giving God thanks and praise because, I mean, God blessed us even financially in the first month so much that, I mean, it, 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 it's mind-blowing to think, like, you're a church plant. Yes, we're a church plant. But God blessed us so much in the first month. Our tithe was $40,000 for the first month. Hallelujah. The church gave their tithes, not the people, us. We gave our tithes to another ministry. And our, our tithe on the first month was $40,000. I'm just telling you, it's the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. I could have delayed for years. I can say, Lord, we'll wait until there's a place and a building. We'll wait until there's, no, just do what the Lord's telling you to do. You know, all of us, I'm, me included, have to walk by faith, have to do what the Lord's telling us to do. All of us included have to do what the Lord's telling us to do. We have to. And it takes faith to step out. It takes faith to obey. But when we do, 
the blessings flow. Hallelujah. When we do, the blessings flow. When we do, the blessings flow. Hallelujah. And I can tell you by my spirit, because I prophesied this in Fredericksburg, that there's somebody that's going to give $100,000 exactly to Miracle Word Church. I know it in my spirit. I prophesied two things. Number one, somebody's going to give 10,000. Number two, that somebody's going to give 100,000. The reason I know is uh, because the words have been so specific. The words have been so specific that I know that God's going to do exactly. Someone already flew in with the $10,000 check. Someone's coming with, whether it's online, in the church, mailing to the church, whatever. Someone's coming with the $100,000 seed. Hallelujah. If it's you, sow it. Someone asked a question. As a church, who do you pay your tithe to? And then someone else said, side question, where, we, we, where does a ministry tithe to? I tithe to another ministry. I don't give, first of all, I don't just tithe personally as the pastor. I tithe. We tithe. My wife and I tithe and give largely. In fact, whoever attends our church is going to have to become a big giver to outgive me and my wife. We're going to be, I mean, we're massive givers. We're going to, we're, we're we're going to be the top givers. I mean, like we are giving machines. And I say that as a challenge because God's brought givers to Miracle Word Church already. But I'm not, I as a pastor, I know there's pastors that don't even tithe. Well, I'm the pastor. I don't have to. Yeah, you're the pastor. You have to tithe. You have to tithe. Every, every Christian does. But say, who does the church themselves pay their tithes to? I pay it to another ministry that uh, I don't have control over the finances. Because it's not really a tithe or an offering if you also have, what am I going to do? Put, put the tithe back into the church, to my own church? I control those finances with the board. So it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't make, you know, I don't, it do, it's, it's not a release of anything. You know what I mean? So we sow it into other soul winning ministries, powerful ministries that are doing the work of God. And I don't have control. Over it. it leaves our church and we have no control over it. It goes, as the Bible says, it goes into the ground and dies. A seed has to go into the ground and die. You don't have control of it. You can't plant a seed and come, keep coming and digging it up every day to check that it's still there. It won't grow. And there's people that try to give that way in churches. They're like, they, they, they want to give, but there's all kinds of strings attached to it. Well, I want to make sure that this goes to, for this only and nothing else. Don't you spend this on anything. Like, either give or don't give. But you don't have control over the seed when it dies. It's not a seed. You won't get a harvest from it. And there's people that actually will try, you know, they'll, they'll try to use financial pressure to control what's happening in the church. It'll never happen to Miracle Word Church, ever, ever. It won't ever happen. Because we understand the principle of sowing, that the seed, it leaves my hand, it's gone. It's gone. I don't have control over it. I don't use it as manipulation. I don't use it as, <laughs> I can't imagine going to somebody's church and like, you know how much money we give to you? I want to start hearing this from the platform. It's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine doing that. But there's people that do it. There's people that do it. Amen. It's, it's very important. And so I look, where is God moving? Who is God using? What, is, what, are, what are they doing? And I see the value and the power of God and the hand of God on their life and ministry. Boom. We're sowing, we're tithing. Amen. So that, that's how we do it. We tithe to other ministries. I don't tithe to the Salvation Army. I don't tithe to, you know, I tithe to other ministries that are doing the work of God. And we sow. Amen. We sow largely. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow today. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about doing something significant. Do it. Again, 
Delay is a form of doubt. I don't delay. I don't delay. If I've ever felt, uh, um, you know, I'll feel urgency in my seeds sometimes. I was in an airport one time. It's like the devil did everything he could to keep me from sowing a seed. I had left the checkbook at home, which I don't normally carry anywhere. Carolyn carries it, and I was on my own on this time. Every, listen to this, every ATM in the airport was broken, every single one. I saw this man of God in the terminal, and I knew in my spirit, sow a seed into this man of God right now, sow a seed. And I didn't have cash, <coughs> no check, and I went to every ATM in the terminal, and all of them were out of order. I was so mad. But see, I was like, well, I guess it's just not God's desire that I said, no, I knew it was. I called Carolyn, I was like, because his, his ministry wasn't far from where we were. I said, listen, so-and-so, Pastor so-and-so is here in the airport. I want to I check on his desk by the end of today. And I said, please get the check. Whoever's going to get it over to the church, get it to them and make sure. And uh, I feel an urgency to sow. If God tells me to do so, I was in a meeting getting ready to preach. And there was another minister sitting next to me. And the Lord said, sit down right now and write him a check personally for $2,500. I sat down and did it. This was years ago. Sat down and did it. I was, in another ministry, I was in another meeting and I felt it in my spirit, urgency. And the Lord said, write that man of God a check for $10,000 that's preaching. <laughs> and not for his ministry, you know, give to his ministry, but this is for him personally. I want, I want you to bless him personally. I did it. I didn't wait. I didn't wait. There's an urgency. God, this is the same as anything else. The Holy Spirit will lead you in your giving. I'm not leading you. The Holy Spirit leads you. He speaks to you. He guides you. And I'm telling you, Every time I've done that, and I do it often, I do it often to the point now where we just, we just do it without even thinking, monthly. To any, if there's ministers that are pouring into our lives, we're blessing them. Seeds of honor. I don't just tithe. I don't just give. I don't just bless the poor. I give seeds of honor. Amen. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.